0: Hello ladies, thank you for listening today as we dive into a study from Mrs. Francie Taylor, I See You, In Christ Unconditionally. Through this study we will investigate lives that were in a critical place but received help in Christ unconditionally. I pray this lesson will be a source of help to you today. As we start tonight, um, this ICU book has been a blessing, but... It talked about Jesus tonight. Now, how do you put Jesus in a lesson? He is so good, and he's done so many things for us. But there's no humanly way to describe the attributes of Jesus. There's many and many, and he's more and more things to us as we get older. And as we mature and go through different things, he becomes more and more things to our lives. But our lesson narrows the attributes of Christ, concentrating on just one of his attributes, and that's being the great physician. If you look in your book, you see that and restore of life. But you know, salvation is the ultimate restoration of life. That is the ultimate. But it doesn't stop there, praise the Lord. As believers, we also have an ongoing process of sanctification and continual spiritual growth. He gives us eternal life and also access to a meaningful life on this side of heaven. He's just good to us. He gives us... um, now, serving Jesus is the best life. I was just thinking about that, how good it is to serve Him. And leaving Him, letting Him have full control of our lives, that's when it's the best life, is when you give Him everything. And I started thinking about that. Who is Jesus to us? And like I said, it's good just us to think about that. We all are so busy as wives and mothers and school and different things. We all have different hats that we wear, and we're all busy. But you know, there's something about being quiet, having a quiet spirit, and just thinking about what the Lord's done for us. And sometimes we just need to stop and think about what he's done for us. And um, I know sometimes that the Lord stops me to make me think, and, um, but I sure want to humble myself down before I get humbled, but I, we do occasionally. We need to often think about what he is to us and how good he's been to us. But I started thinking back to that lesson. I remember I taught on having a fishbowl, Jesus, and that you have that fishbowl. And that's what a lot of families want to do. They want to bring that fishbowl in their home. This is my Jesus. I'm going to put my Jesus on the coffee table or on the, the table in the dining room. And we can say Jesus is in our home, but he didn't go outside of that bowl. We're going to contain him because that's where he's going to stay. I'm afraid if he gets out of that bowl, what he's going to do, because I want to have control of my life, so Jesus is going to stay in that. And we do that so many times in human nature because we want to control things. But Jesus is so much more than... Than that, and really, if you keep Jesus in a fishbowl, you don't know Jesus because He is a wonderful, magnificent, powerful God. How can we contain? How can we uh, contain the the um, giver of the universe and giver of life and, and the creator of the universe in a little bowl? We can't. We try to do that because we want to control our lives, but We we shouldn't do that. But anyway, um, he is is he just our salvation? Of course, if you're saved, if you know the Lord tonight, he's your salvation. But is he more than that? Praise the Lord if you're saved from hell. Yes, we need to be saved you know, have salvation. But if that's all, then you're missing out. I was thinking about Cheyenne getting saved Sunday night. And her journey just started with the Lord. And if she puts her life into the Lord's hands each and every day, she's going to grow and Jesus is going to be more and more to her every day. And that's like each one of us. He's going to become more and more things to us each and every day of our lives. But do we have a personal relationship with him that's so intimate that it gets sweeter every day? And he desires that. Can you believe that? That's what he wants. He wants us to get closer and closer to him. That is above me, but he does. But I was just thinking about the different attributes of the Lord Jesus. And I'm going to read some of those, just a few that I had Written down some that I'd written down. Start thinking that He's our advocate. First John two one it says, My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteousness. He's almighty in Revelations chapter one verse eight it says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the almighty. He's the author and finish of our faith. Hebrews 12, chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him hath endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's the author of eternal salvation, praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9 says, And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. He's the beginning and the end, Revelations 22, 13 says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and the first and the last. He's the bread of God, John chapter 6, verse 33 says, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. He's the bread of life, John six thirty five And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread, I'm the life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. He's our comforter. John chapter 14, verse 18 says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He's our deliverer. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. His eternal life. First John 1, 2. For the life was manifested and we had seen it and bear witness and show it unto the eternal life, which was the father and was manifested unto us. He's the everlasting father, Isaiah 9, 6 says. For unto us is born, unto us a son is given, and the governor shall be upon his shoulder, and he shall call his name Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's faithful and true, it says in Revelations 19, 11. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. He that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. He's the good shepherd. John ten eleven says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd, je- shepherd, excuse me, giveth his life for the sheep. And I'm so thankful for that. He, he's the giver of life for all of us. He's our high priest in, in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. It says, wherefore, holy brethren partakers of the heavenly calling consider the apostles and high priests of our profession Jesus Christ he is the I am in John chapter 8 verse uh, 58 Jesus said unto them verily verily I say unto you before Abraham was I am he's Jehovah he's king I've got verses for all these he's the Lamb of God he's uh, the, our redeemer as uh, job says in um, 19, chapter 19 verse 25 he's the rose of Sharon he's a son of the highest he's truth, in John 14:6, it says, He's the way. Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me but the Father. We could go on and on with Scripture and say what Jesus is. And that even if we say it or not, the Scripture says, says it. He is many things. He's wonderful. And um, even if we don't say it, like I said, the Scripture confirms what He is. But I wanted to go to uh, Matthew chapter 16 tonight, if you want to turn there. Matthew chapter 16, I've used this devotion before, but this is what the Lord put on my heart to teach on tonight, just very shortly. It's real short. In verse 16, the Lord and his disciples were about 28 miles north of Bethsaida. That's where they were at on their journey together. The elevation was inclining to about 450 feet as they traveled up. They were traveling up together to um, Caesarea Philippi. And they were about, they stayed there about a week. I'm just telling you background. I like to know backgrounds when I read the scripture. They stayed there about a week, and the Lord was getting the disciples ready for him being crucified. So, you know, he always wants to equip and help the disciples just like he does us because he loves us so much, and he cares so much. And so there where the disciples was and the Lord Jesus, they were in a boundary between a Jewish and Gentile territory. And they had been in a Gentile territory for a period of time, which was out of their league, a lot of different things and customs. And so they were away for almost all during that time they were away. They were in mostly a Gentile territory, like I said, and the Lord wanted to think for a minute. So many times, like I said, when you just need to stop and think. And so we'll go to verse 13 through 17 of chapter 16. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they say, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, some others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you know, we talked about Simon last time, remember? I can just see Simon Peter Peter stepping up and standing up and saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God. I can just see He has boldness and excitement. He's not just saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God. No, he's saying, Thou art the Christ. He has passion. Thou art the Son of the Living God. And that pleased the Lord Jesus because that's why he came. He said, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So, the Lord Jesus, he was the, what the teacher that he was. He was just the disciples, he was teaching them to think about not just what man says he is, but who is he to you? He was saying disciples, each one of them, he was looking at them probably and saying, but who am I to you? You, and just imagine him looking to the different disciples. So tonight, the first thing I want to see is that his question was public. It was a public question. That's the first question he asked. Whom do men say that I, the son of the man, am? And so then the disciples just started answering. So the first question is, he was saying, who do they say publicly that I am? And you know, every one of us can look, and we all have different opinions. Everybody else, everybody does. But when you look at ourselves, not what everybody else says. You know, if somebody testifies, talks about, what that's wonderful what the Lord is to them. But, you know, you can't go on their testimony. The Lord is something different, or should be, to every person in here individually. So that public question, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? The public had a lot of respect for the Lord Jesus. You see that, because the public was saying that Jesus may have been, that they thought he was Elias, Jeremiah, or John the Baptist. That's wonderful prophets in the Old Testament. And John the Baptist, a forerunner of Christ, he was a wonderful man of God. So that's, he had, they had uh, well, a lot of respect for the Lord Jesus, but it's not the answer the Lord uh, wanted to hear. In Matthew chapter 14, if you'll look at this later, Herod thought that Jesus was John the Baptist raised from the dead. You can read about that, the reason, some of the reason and why later in your study time. But the religious rulers, the public thought that he was just a good man. The religious leaders just thought he was a blasphemer because they didn't accept Jesus as the Messiah or the Christ, the Son of God. Although these, these answers were respectful that they said, the public was respectful of Jesus, but it lacked deity. He was the Christ, if they said it or not. And that's not what the public thought of him. But Jesus wanted the disciples to see that Jesus wasn't just a good man on earth, and he was. He was a good man. He wasn't just a good teacher. He was a good teacher. He wasn't just a good leader, the best leader ever. And he, But he was deity. He wasn't just in a fishbowl <laughs> that we want to put him in. He was God Almighty Christ. Um, he was Christ in the flesh. Jesus wants us to live a more abundant life. He wants to be real in our lives. He just don't want us to be something on the coffee table. He wants to every day be alive in our hearts and our lives. So that's the number one question. He asked them a public question. Number two, he gets personal. And that's what he does in our lives is he gets personal. Whenever you do your devotions or pray, if you have a relationship with the Lord and you allow him, he will get personal to you. So that question, the second question is personal. And he said, but whom do you? So just think of the Lord asking you. Whom do ye say that I am? And that's what I wanted us to, to think about tonight. Peter personally spoke up with all of his heart, with the truth. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And um, so he acknowledged that he was the promised Messiah, the son of the living God. He was deity, and that's what Christ was coming out. He wanted, and that's the reason why he answered and he said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah. Now I started thinking, why does he say Bar-Jonah? So Bar-Jonah, Bar means of, of Jonah, and Jonah was his daddy. So he's saying, just like Jonah is your daddy, I am Christ, the Son of God. And this that I saw today, that I had never, had never popped out to me before, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. So he's saying that just within yourself, This was not revealed unto you that I'm the Christ, but my Father which is in heaven. And let me tell you, whenever you start looking and seeing who Jesus is to you, he will personally speak to you who he is. He will start speaking to you. You know, I can read a verse of scripture, and my husband will talk about scriptures, and he'll get something totally different because the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart in different with different verses in different ways according to what I need. So thankful for that because his word is alive just as he's alive. Aren't you thankful for this word, inspired word of God that we can go to? Aren't you thankful for prayer that we can go to him at any time? But he wanted them to know that he was personally, that before he went to the cross, that he was going to be a personal God for them. And he wanted to make sure they were going to be taken care of. And that's the way he is with us. Whatever our, um, our uh, concerns or hurts are, he is a personal God. Just like in that in verse uh, 17 that he said, Just as you are the son of Jonah, I am the son of God, the Christ. So all these different case studies that we've done that we can think of and you can look back on. I thought about this. To Mary, I think he was, Christ was the rewarder for submitting to authority. You know, how she was submissive. So he rewarded her for that submissive spirit. To Zacharias and Elizabeth, he was the one that brought fruit to their home and to Elizabeth's barren womb. He was their fulfiller. To Mary and Martha, he was their friend, giver of life, healing balm to their hearts. To Thomas that we learned about, he was so patient, wasn't he? How patient is he with us? He was so patient with him, and a friend, giver of a belief and increaser of his faith. To Peter, that said, thou art the Christ, he was a patient teacher to Peter, wasn't he? And directed him in the right way. So what is he to us today? And look at that, what you had already listed and just thinking, I'm sure we could list many more things at time preventing what Jesus is to us. And I started thinking about more different situations in the Bible. I thought about the blind man. He'd probably say, he is my healer, the one that brought sight to my eyes. The dumb and the deaf man. He could say that he is my cure, the one that gave me sound to my ears and words to my tongue. The man by the pool of would could say, he is my miracle worker, the one that showed me I didn't need the pool, I needed him. The woman with the issue of blood would say, he's my physician. He did for me what no doctor or no amount of money could do for me. Jairus would say, he brought my baby girl to life. He brought my daughter back from the dead. He mended my family. Lazarus would say, he's my giver of life. He gave me my life back. The woman being accused that day that he wrote in the sand, she could say, he's my defender. So you go through these different examples in the Bible, and the Lord Jesus were different to all them. That just like those, he's different to every one of us, according to what we've been through. But with me, just with my testimony, I think the Lord that he gave me opportunity and a chance after chance about getting saved. I grew up in a, in a uh, good home. I drew up, grew up in um, a mother and a, a father that loved the Lord, and um, I was taught <laughs> right. And I just kept on going back whenever I got under a conviction that I remember going forward, but I was always worried about who was around me. And so it was not a personal acceptance of the Lord. And I kept on saying whenever I got a conviction, well, I've never done that. I've never done this. I'm not going to hell. How could I go to hell? I've never done this. And Lord showed me one day, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You will not come to me, to the Father, but by me. And it was just like a ton of bricks. It was just released that once that sin burden was on my heart, and I knew I was a sinner. And then the Lord spoke to my heart, and I got saved that day. And I will never forget that. Because after that, the Lord became more than just a fishbowl, Jesus, that we just put as a family bottle in the, in, in the house. He became personal. Go back to when y'all got saved. Think about with the Lord, the different things that you've been through in your life, how the Lord's helped you, and the different things that he's done for you. And you know what he's done for us? He wants to do all the more for us. He's a wonderful Lord. If we give our lives to him, He will fulfill it, and he will do much more than what we could ever ask or think. So I could go on to say the many things that the Lord Jesus is to me, the many things. He's been many things to me. Whenever I was in college, he was my friend when I was alone and went away from those old friends. He was a guide or companion. I mean, I could go on and on. But Jesus, uh, I would start thinking about this. Jesus is the only one that could bring a tomb into a womb, Because he brought the tomb into life because he resurrected. He's the only one that could do that. And same thing with many things in our lives. He's the only one that could do the different things that we need in our life. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Just like the different examples that we went through with this this book. Through the different case studies, each one of them, he was the author and finisher of their faith. And he uh, wants to be that with us today through our life. But um, he told that I was going to end with this before we pray. Um, In Matthew chapter 28, if you want to turn there, I can just read it to you. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Whenever he, right before he ascended, he was telling the disciples, he commissioned them. There's a great commission, you know. He says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. He was saying everything that you've been taught, everything that I've done for you. You go and tell other people, don't keep it inside. Don't hide your little bushel. let it go the bushel go off and let your light shine. That's what we need to do. What the Lord's done for us, we need to tell our testimonies. We need to tell other people, we're not supposed to just hide it in. He's a wonderful Lord, but he could be a wonderful Lord for many other people. So he tells them that, gives them that great commission. and then he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I love this. He says, "Lo, I'm with you all the way, even until the end of the world. So he's with us, no matter if you think it or not. He's always with us, even to the end. What a wonderful, I wrote in my Bible, wonderful promise, promise. He's with us. So no matter what we go through, he is with us. But I started thinking tonight that we need to continue every once in a while, just stop. And just sometimes whenever I get down, you know, whenever we get down, most time it's because we're thinking about ourselves having a pity party. Whenever I do that, I'll start writing down the goodness of God, what he's done in my life and how good he is to me. Because I am so unworthy of how good he is to me. I think about whenever I got saved and the Lord gave me another chance and convicted me into salvation, showing me that my good works were sending me to hell. I'm so thankful for that. He gave me another chance. I'm thankful for the opportunities he's given me boy, I'm not deserving of it. I'm thankful for the ones that I've seen come to know the Lord as our personal Savior. Sure, not of me, but as Him. And each one of y'all have blessings that you can thank the Lord of what He's done in your lives. And uh, we're each of us is miracles. But I wanted to end tonight and just remember what Jesus is to us.